My knuckles have turned to white. There's no turning back tonight. Kiss me. One last time. Today, we're talking about their only chase in safety by Under Oath. So grab your deepest v-neck because it's time to get in the pit. Hello, welcome to Get in the Pit with Isai and Oster, a podcast about metalcore. I'm Oster. I'm Isai. Today, we have a very, very, very special guest, um, producer, drummer extraordinaire. You may know him from bands like Death in December, Sound in the Fury, Fox Run, Think Denver, um... Coming Everest. Coming Everest. Um, Chelsea nine, Grin. Nine mirrors, but one word. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine mirrors. And um, the, the John Langstrom Country Jamboree. We've got Pablo Viveros. Friend, what up, what up, what up? Friend from, from, from way back. Yeah. And that's How you doing? the second time that you've ever said his last name. Yeah, the first time yeah, was you, earlier. He lived you in did my great. basement. Um, I lived in everyone's basement. I feel like for <laughs> some sort of time. Yeah, it's dope. Um, we were kids. Yeah, how you doing, Pablo? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, nice uh, overcast uh, Sunday morning here in uh, Salt Lake City. Nice. Did I, did I miss any of the bands? That was just off the top of my head. Yeah, that was all of them. I, I like that. I, I think I was in Denver for like 24 hours. Weren't you in the first iteration? Yeah, but I didn't even do a practice or anything. I just, they're like, Calder's better at metal. So I was like, yeah, that sounds just, about right. Which one is of my, insane now, right? One of my favorite stories is like they like they're like, yeah, you're not metal enough. And then like, you went and like toured for years in like a fucking big metal band. <laughs> yeah, then I was just in the most metal band that I've ever been in, and that's what I made a career out of. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even play metal. You did that all just to spite Brandon and Brian. Like, fuck you guys. I'm gonna fucking join a metal band. I'll show you. I'll show you who's not metal. <laughs> Shout out, Brian and Brandon. Yeah, boys. Um, so yeah, like I said. This is a podcast about metalcore. We're talking about Under Oath. We're talking about their only chasing safety. Isai, what's what's your history with this record? With this record? Yeah, this band, this record. Yeah, um, I think I got a burn CD of the Changing of the Times like in 03. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is sick. I like this. Um, and like I really like like the the heavier songs for whatever reason. Yeah. Even though like looking back, like some of them are just not good. Um, and then, like, I went back and, like, listened to, like, their metal shit. <laughs> I'm like, this is so cool. They're so metal. And they're, like, doing this now. And then, like, the ch- uh, their Only Chasing Safety came out. First listen, I'm like, why is this, like, so catchy? Like, why is this so, like, poppy? And then, like, it took me, like, a month. And I'm like, oh, okay, this CD rocks. And then from there, I mean, Under just became one of my favorite bands. Like, um, it was after Define the Great Line is, like, when they did that. But, yeah, I don't know. This This one was... I really liked it, but wasn't like super huge until later on in my life. Yeah. 
What about what about you, Pablo? I heard this like right when it had come out. I was in high school. Karen, I think I was in tenth grade, and immediately I I ruined that album for myself because I just I kill I beat it to death. I learned all the songs on guitar to play along and I would play drums to it. And I, it was like all I would listen to for probably six, seven, eight months, like nonstop. Yeah. I was obsessed with it. <clears throat> um, I got to see them tour on it as well, which was cool. They opened for Coheed and oh yeah, a band, the other band, the other opener was called three, like literally just the number three. And they were like no. a weird, you remember that tour? No, but that band headlined a show with Vanna and Escape the Fate. And I knew who Vanna and Escape the Fate were, but I didn't know who this three band was. Yeah, I was like three. What the hell? And I didn't give a shit about him. I was just there to see Under Oath. And I, I liked Coheed at the time, too. So it was a cool show, but it was good. It was cool that I got to see them tour on that cycle. Yeah. I saw them at like a warp tour, like when they were like blowing up on that record. Like so did I. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't that the Warp Tour when when Aaron blew me off when Death in December played the Ernie Ball stage? It might have. <sighs> I think it was probably the because they played like Warp Tour. Like I want to say like two or three years in a row. Because like right when the record came out, they were like on like one of the smallest stages. But, like the next year, they were like the second biggest, and then their main stage like in '06 when Define came out. Oh yeah. So, so it was '06 or. Might have been 05 when Death played it, but I remember um, I was. It was time to to like set up, so we were going to to our trailer because I needed to grab my pedal or some shit, and uh, we ran into Chris Spencer and Aaron, and we were just like, "Hey, like the Find the Great Lines, awesome," and we we weren't trying to be too punishy, but like you know, we we said that we liked the record and stuff and Spencer was like oh thanks and same with Chris and then Aaron was like how'd you get back here <laughs> and I was Jesus. like uh I, we're playing and I showed him my wristband he was like oh thanks it was super <laughs> weird on. and I had a really shitty taste of uh uh because of that and but then he lived in like the same apartment complex as you way later right yeah, and then, yeah, we ended up in the same apartment complex, and I went to a couple game nights at his house, and now we're, I mean, I told him the story, too, and he, and he had a good laugh, and he's, yeah. he apologized, and it was cool. <laughs> I was, I was going to say that, yeah, because I know he lived in Salt Lake, or did, or does. Yeah, um, he, he does the same thing I do. He goes back and forth between Salt Lake and Nashville. Yeah. Um, What's crazy is I always was, like, off-put by him a little bit. Not always, but, like, later on. Especially when you'd see go to see them and then all the lights would cut out except the spotlight on him. And it just felt weird. Uh, but now, because I've, I've done a lot of research for the show, I've watched some recent interviews and they all seem really chill now. And that, that rocks. Yeah, that rules. I think it comes with age too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, if you're pushing like a, because like, I know Define went like gold. Like if mm. I'm pushing like a gold record or something, a like hundred thousand records, and I'm like twenty I think this years one old, did too. I'm gonna be a fucking. I'll probably be a punter. I'll probably be a fucking asshole. Like to be honest, <laughs> like if I'm yeah, like fucking going gold and I'm weird. twenty, twenty one, I'm like I'm yeah. the fucking man. Put that spotlight yeah. on me. Um, 
my history with his band is like I was a I was a big Christian boy. So you're Christian. I found found POD and MXPX at around the same time. Um then I remember being in uh we've mentioned him on probably every episode, my my shaman Derek Younger. Um your best friend Derek Younger. <laughs> my best friend at the time for sure. Yeah. Um and we I distinctively remember him showing me like something from the changing of times and like teaching me what a breakdown was. And like, then I remember I was getting into my own stuff. I think this is the first band like this. I listened to, you know, um, like, like what do you mean? Like, kind of like, like, like thingy screamy, like both? and with screaming in it. Oh, okay. I remember buying, I bought this and the changing of times on the same day. And um, when I was mad at my parents, I would listen to the changing of times because it was heavier. And, but this is the record I liked more. I love that. That's so like teenager, like it is like angsty ass shit. That's so funny. Yeah. Put- this was like, I'm putting on when the sun sleeps, I'm pissed. <laughs> this, is what, this is what started it all for me and like i didn't realize that until i really like got into listening to it again i was like yeah i mean this is the first record i ever bought i didn't have a record player i was just like oh there's an extra song and cool artwork and, yeah, and no way to listen to it and my parents had an old record player and i tried but i didn't know how to make it work and yeah just scratching also, the shit with the needles what the fuck is happening it's also the first record I ever sold, and I made like sixty bucks on it. So, that, <laughs> the come up, yeah, that, that artwork was cool though. It was done by Jake Bannon. It just I like that one better than the face. Yeah, face. That face is iconic. Um, so with this record, like just because it was like super like polished and poppy, like were you guys like? Oh, as you said, it's like the one of the first things, Pablo. Like, were you like? super like into like kind of like the singy screamy stuff like you know shit like beloved or things like that beforehand yeah I, yeah i was um but like this was the the most because i mean um death in december was like same genre just not as heavy yeah but so this was like uh yeah right but after listening to this I, it was the most like polished and like the best written shit that i had heard at the time because everything out and like the production and the mix were so crazy compared to anything else at the time yeah Yeah. like i'm gonna make a lot of comparisons to from autumn to ashes one of the worst records i've ever listened to um this is on this they came out the same year and this is like 100 times better like production wise songwriting wise like this is and it's like the most accessible like this record got so many kids into this shit exactly like it's it's so easy to listen to and i was watching like interviews and they were like heavily influenced by like jimmy world and like musically it's not what you think of when you listen to it as a kid and then as an adult i'm like oh yeah this is just a pop record with screaming on it yeah Yeah. i agree with that it's yeah it's very very well done yeah like the songwriting on it it's like super cool like i even told you this before i was but um like when like writing stuff like 
kind of like more recently like i would i would kind of listen to this record just for like the songwriting like almost like the not like necessarily template, but just like the format they would write a song because they just really good songwriters are able to put things into places that made a lot of sense and make the song flow really well, make it just sound super cool. And I would take inspiration from that, even though I'm like writing shit and drop A and like have a bunch of fucking like dumbass panic chords and shit with it. Yeah. It's just, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's just good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah that's like, the best way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, good. Like, I listened to it so many times for this because it wasn't exhausting. Um, a later episode we're doing is My Children, My Bride. I listened to that record three times tops because I couldn't do it more than that. Like, but this, it was like, it's so easy to listen to. I listened to a live, a live thing they did. I listened to uh, Eastside's favorite record, Disambiguation, by them. And like I was, I like got back into Under Oath as a fucking thirty-four-year-old man. Fuck yeah! You it did. wasn't a phase. <laughs> now he's going to emo night tomorrow. Yeah, I'm gonna start an elder emo TikTok. Oh fuck off! Talk about rights of spring though. Yo, well, okay, just like a little quick tangent. Like, what are your thoughts on like the elder emo stuff? Is that as cringe to you guys as it is to me? Because it kind of is. I I don't know if cringe. I don't. I wouldn't say it's cringe to me. Um, I, it, it's kind of funny to me because <laughs> I think, I don't know, I, I can't knock it too much because like I see people just having a good time and like yeah. I'm all about people enjoying themselves, but it's just like, you know, all their backs hurt yeah. and yeah. <laughs> they're out past their bedtime and I, I, <laughs> everyone's just old and just trying to relive their teenage years yeah, but... i think part of it is just because like some of the people i see that are like super into it it's like yo used to make fun of like all like my friends for like wearing fucking like the band shirts and looking super seen and flat ironing our hair and now you're like i love taking back sunday in the used it's like that's so strange well what what really irks me about it is like I mean, what like what bands like the Get Up Kids thought at the time? Like they like didn't want to be a part of that scene, and they kind of were. But like the people who, the people on one side who are like, yeah, Panic at the Disco is emo, and it's like, I guess, <laughs> like, like sure. And then like, and then the other side who's like, no, emo is mineral and braid which is what i agree with but the people making content about it fucking make me want to punch them in the head yeah that's yeah. also fair also i got like, no beef with taking back sunday or even like panic at the disco panic at the disco no. wrote some fucking bangers no yeah they're all good bands but like just the genre i mean also we're talking about metalcore and we've talked about fucking bury your dead uh the warriors and now we're talking about under oath so we're Yo. we're Weird genre. We're putting everything into a big blanket genre too, but okay. it's it's just I don't know. I don't You're kind of talking about like the, the elitists that were like, yeah, that's what like, I am though. <laughs> but you don't like it emo if it's popular. Yeah, like I mean, that's also American not true. Football? That's not true. Like Jimmy World is an emo band. Okay, they're yeah, also massive. Um. I would put Thursday in that category. Like, like I don't like it when it's 
And even if I do like them, but it's like Tick Mac Sunday is a fucking pop punk band. My Chemical Romance is just a rock band who's who's who who appealed to uh, kids that shopped a Hot Topic. Like that's fine. That's fine. I, I as a as a fucking old man, I want people to be happy. I just <laughs> um you don't gotta make content content for it. I say that while I'm thinking about content for this show too. I mean, I might make it as you're literally making content. (laughs) That's like five years of your life. Just making content like with the wrestling podcast too. But it's like, I don't know. Put that on your LinkedIn content creator. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's weird. It's just weird. Um, And I'm sure there are people who are like really into food who hate food YouTube. So whatever, whatever. Yeah. Dude, this, this took a fucking turn. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I just I'm old. I'm old. That's that's it. Are, I mean you We're had like a, like, a, like a cat jungle gym next to you, dude. Like you were old. Yeah. I got a cat jungle gym. But I still got I mean, I got my Sonic toys in here too. So look at this. I won this at the fair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love I love Sonic and fucking Under Oath, all right? I'm sixteen again. So I know, like, as far as, like, for me, like, with this record, especially after I, like, kind of got over the fact that it wasn't, like, as heavy as the last, like, mm-hmm. I fucking, I kept listening to it. I listened to it to this day. Oh, so, like, wasn't this, like, your, like, car road trip record for, like, 10 years? Yeah, 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 it was. I remember going on a couple drives, long drives with you, and you're like, got to listen to my road trip record. And then you hear, and you hear that fucking riff from Young and Aspiring come on. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like this and fucking MXPX, and probably like I probably listened to this and like Trapped Under Ice on the same road trip. Fuck yeah! Oh, you like, love TUI. I still love TUI. Yeah. We um, used to always also listen to uh, that the first Four Years Strong record. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! That's another one we beat to death. Oh, <laughs> especially beat it to death. Yeah. He had the fucking fake varsity jacket and everything. Yeah, oh, the hoodie yeah. that looked like a varsity jacket. I had like two hoodies of that band. And then I got on the VIP list and everyone made fun of me. <laughs> I remember that show. Just won a contest. I wanted free tickets, all right? I'm, so our friend Taylor, Tay Rays, as he's known, um, we I, I remember standing in the group and... Like, all right, VIP meet and greet, Rick. Come on, Mr. Meet and Greet, go and just like <laughs> just being assholes. And, and like, I was just I didn't like you're supposed to like talk to him and stuff. I didn't know what to say. Like I was awkward. I still am. You're absolutely like, not the meet and greet type person. No. I was just like, I don't know. And then I stood in the venue by myself. <laughs> while they like sound checked or something. Like, they it's, were they were great but, and nice, but like it was just um it's one thing that's like especially too it was probably a little bit weird is like you're probably like around their age like it'd be one thing like you know like you're like a teenager or whatever you're like i fucking love this band blah 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 and you're just like super hyped like that shit's super cool but then like when you're like fuck like i'm this guy's age right now like like what's up man how you doing yeah, but at the time i didn't think of it like that like this was that's my right. favorite band i was like a i was a fanboy when i was younger and i like i am in some situations but yeah that is weird to think about now 
Yeah. Like, what, would you would you get a what band would you get a meet and greet for now? Now today, um, yeah. Lincoln Park. Um, no. If if I could smoke weed with Stefan from the Deftones, that that that'd be. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of one. Like because all the bands I like actively listen to are like small. And if I met Bruce Springsteen, I might shit my pants. Like I would <laughs> if I met Bruce Springsteen, I would would go crazy. But if fucking the dude who was in the Sopranos, who's in Bruce Springsteen's band, was in the background, I'd be like, "Yo, Sopranos is the greatest show of all time." I love you. So maybe I guess Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band is my answer. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, but bad. I can't really think of any. I remember there was one Warp Tour where, because Pablo would always like get us tickets to Warp Tour, and I was just backstage walking around and I saw like the dudes from newfound glory. I saw the dudes from four years strong, but at that point I was like out of the pop punk world. And it's like five years ago, this would have been the coolest moment of my life. And now I just don't give a shit. I'm going to go talk to walk a flock of flame. Yeah. Oh, yeah he, did. he played that day. huh? Yeah. He just kind of jumped around and yelled. I wouldn't necessarily say play, but it was, it was a lot of energy. It was actually, really yeah, cool. I was going to say his set was hype. Yeah. It was super cool. But like, I, I like shit like that, especially like on Warp Tour. Like as I got older, I'm like, oh, like I'm not an asshole anymore. Um, yeah. like, this is cool. Like it's, it's just fun. But um, who, who was more elitist out of the two of you? Oh, sure, me. by far, me. Because I was a like, and I I still call myself this. I'm like I'm a hardcore kid. Like, and that comes with elitism. Like, sure. I fell out of metalcore and just listened to Have Heart, and like. Like have heart and verse and hatebreed. Like that's all I listened to at one point in my life. Um, so like it comes with like and I was really elitist. It's why I broke edge because I was like a judgmental piece of shit. I'm like, I think I'm better than people because of this and because of this. And the same year I was like, I'm not edge anymore. God is dead. <laughs> like it's a very big day. It was a big it was a big year for me. And so yeah. it's like gross. I, and I still have that in me, and I fight it constantly. Like, I'm like, yeah, I hate this, but I don't need to fucking talk about it. Like, and I'm talking about it on a podcast, but I don't need to fucking tweet about it. Yeah, but, I, I think it's, like, one thing to be, like, opinionated, and, like, it's everything is super subjective, especially when it comes to music and art, everything like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, being the elitist part isn't... Like, that. that's... I mean, I definitely went through a good phase of it as well mm -hmm. but like also i mean some of the stuff it's like i still don't like it but it's like i get it yeah i think a lot of it was like i was really into bands like forever the sickest kids and hello goodbye at their cringiest era you, you just like overcorrected is all you did yeah like. i like i think it was <laughs> embarrassment so i overcorrected yeah because i also i also hated the converge elitist i was like these guys are dicks yeah because that's like the next step like above what you yeah. are uh, the next tier <laughs> yeah and it's like i mean i listened to converge the first time for this podcast and i was like oh i should have listened to this a long time ago but uh um, are you serious not like for the first time but it clicked while we were listening to the record for because we did uh, uh the empty sky yeah and i was like oh this is the best music and that's like not even one of their celebrated records um and i think a lot of it comes with me dropping all pretenses and be like oh okay 
Okay. Yeah, because I'll say, like, at least for me, I, I fucking would still listen to some bands that would be considered lame, like, in hardcore metalcore. Like, I love, like, Sam Paternal from Bring Me the Horizon. I think that, yeah, record, I that record fucking just amazing. And I remember, like, I was, uh, we did, like, a Northwest run with my uh, hardcore band alone, and the other guitar player also was into that shit. And so we would fucking punish everybody listening to them and, like, Prada. Because Randy <laughs> loves Prada. So... Even while playing like fucking sinking ships and going alone warship music, I'd still sit and bring me. Yeah. And like, and that's kind of where I'm at now. Like, I got into my chemical romance late in life, like, like years after they broke up. And oh, no. I saw first side stage, bro. I've seen, I saw them at Warp Tour. I mean, but I got into Danger Days. And I think that record's really good now. And then I went back and revisited stuff, and I was like, oh, they are a good band. I just, like, was being an asshole. I just used to love the Misfits a lot more than what they show now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I never I fully think- got into into my cab. I, I listened to the first two records, and then I didn't really listen. I What was it? Black Parade came out? I didn't really listen yeah. to that. And then... And then they they just like went away, but I they got bangers, and I'll listen to to them from time to time. But I definitely never fully um, yeah, got into it, into it, and I don't know why because they're good. Yeah. I listened yeah. to the first record because it was produced by Jeff Rickley from Thursday. That's what I, like that got record me into fucking that record's good. It has so many elements that I love now, like. That one has a lot of like straight up emo elements in it, like the the emo I'm talking about. Um, real, real emo. Yeah, yeah. Pablo, I gotta ask you this. I gotta ask you this question. All right. Gun to your head. Um, only chasing safe, safety or define the great line. Define the great line every time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Good. That, yeah. Good that makes so much. Good sense. answer. Like. I do not want to. I hope this doesn't come across as rude. But did you you emulated your drumming style after after this guy, right? Yeah, him and uh, Travis Barker for the most part. But yeah, yeah, he, uh, yeah. But I look uh, I looked up to Aaron super hard, so I just want until wanted warp to play like five. him. Huh? I said until Warp Tour Oh Five. That's a, I got a picture somewhere where I literally just look like i'm trying to look like him so bad i even had like an orange drum set and everything i was like i just want to be this guy did you have a <laughs> did you have a mic to the on your thing but you never used it you just had it there no i, I should have <laughs> absolutely <laughs> should have doing that though with, with uh, chelsea grin you would have a mic there because yeah i did have it then yeah, yeah i really I, embraced the the drummer vocalist situation you are like cool from autumn to ashes headset style Honestly, yeah, I can't believe that guy did that. What a, what a fucking move! Like, no, that's like, like who approved it? You know, did, did he? Was the whole band like, yo, yeah, that's gonna be sick? Because I would have shut that shit down and be like, no, you're out of your fucking mind. No, same here. Okay, so this is just a side. I I would have done the same thing, and I tried to so hard back in OB, and Gabe got a fucking guitar. I'm like, no, just fucking play your regular fucking keyboard. Like, this is so fucking gimmicky. Stop. And nobody listened to me, and he played one show, and it fucked up, and I think it fell once, and so... 
I feel I feel that. Like, I feel that fucking. You know you're still pressed about it years later. Yeah, I am. It's because Gabe fucking brings it up. Maybe does he still maybe, have it? Uh, I oh, think yeah. he does. Yeah. He has, oh, he has that's like, thousands of dollars worth of gear that just like sits with like a blanket over it so it doesn't collect dust. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. Um, Jesus. You know what's we, funny? I just remember speaking of Define. Uh, shout out Tay Rays because he somehow got a he got a leak like a leak two months early and he burned me a, an, uh, a CD of it. Oh hell yeah, that rocks! Like two months before it came out, and I was like, "Yeah, Tay Rays." I don't even know how he got it or where he got it, but it was fucking awesome. Well, I remember, I remember getting that fiend. link too. An internet fiend. Yeah. Um, I think I got mine from uh, Albert Ma. Yeah. Also a known I, internet fiend. I mean, he was a social media manager for years too. So I think I got mine from the Best Buy. So no, I, it was dope. Like getting that link, I was so stoked. Also. I could tell you that Pablo, at least at that time, was influenced by Aaron Gillespie because um, he recorded Obscure Beauty, the Yoshida EP, in Brady's mm-hmm. basement. And um, first off, we would just rush through recording so we could just play under the songs together. <laughs> and then second, like, he did the drumming on it. And, like, that, like, the moving for the sake of motion, like, opening fill was, like, eight times on that fucking EP. Like, oh, yeah, they overuse the shit out of that. You know the one I'm talking about, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You, yeah, you don't even have to explain it. Yeah. Do you have the Yoshida EP? Can you send it to me? Dude, I actually have, like, physical copies of it that I found in a tote that I, like, it's been moving with me for the last, like, 15 years. I have, like, five physical copies of it, and it's fucking weird. And Brady probably has it. it digitally, right? Yeah. Yeah, he definitely does. Brady somehow got all that shit. Digitally, like every yeah, Boise band from that era, it's insane. He has the sound. Of the I have Fury a good amount of it. I vocals. have like, huh? He has the sound of the Fury stuff with vocals. Oh my god, I don't, I don't even think I have that. Like Jared? No, Derek. Like Derek oh, singing. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, I had that on my iPod too. Oh my iPod! I should go through that. <laughs> That's the one. Jeez. <laughs> What a fucking throwback! Oh, yeah. this record fucking rocks though. Let's 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 get to the tracks. Yeah, let's. So this is their only chasing safety by Under Oath at the time, uh, a Christian band who uh, was on Solid State Records, which was probably one of the biggest labels for me growing up as a Christian boy. Um, because they're like, yeah, it rocks, but I can listen to it. Like if the band. The band was sold in the Christian bookstore. I could buy it, except for the de- my mom wouldn't let me listen to Demon Hunter or this band called Goaty Hook because they had the Grim Reaper on one of their their records. Um, but I li- I got to listen to Under Oath, and it um yeah, so it was on Solid State, big label. First time we've talked about them. Um, I have a lot of a lot of uh. Wait, wasn't my children my bride on Solid State? Oh, or they on- yeah, 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 yeah. I always forget oh, yeah. that. Um, but we haven't talked about them yet. Wink, wink. Uh, oh, oh, my bad. <laughs> Oops. I brought them up earlier in the episode. Um, yeah, it was uh, released June fifteenth, two thousand four. Uh, recorded by James Paul Weisner. 
you pulled up his thing. Did he do anything else of note besides Under Oath? Yeah, I, I, all of like those Florida bands, like he did like Brother Seems Forever and stuff and uh, Glass oh, Eater. Okay. Yeah, he was just a guy that was there doing his shit. Yeah. I think the, uh, the biggest, like the biggest one that they went to because they kept going back to him was Matt Goldman. Um, mm-hmm. He did some like additional stuff and I know they did demos with Goldman and they just yeah. loved working with them. So um, yeah, that, that dude was really big in that scene as well because he did like shit like copeland chariot as cities burn stuff like that okay that okay sick. um yeah this record did go gold which is wild um when did it go gold um let me go to the one about the record um here we go uh 2011 so what's oh, wow. like? so, so a slow goal <laughs> seven yeah seven years but I mean, considering like really like what like that record is, that's fucking. Wild. Yeah, I mean they weren't that big uh, when it dropped. You know, that's kind of the one that shot them up. Yeah, I mean, and then they did a kind of arena tour, but they played the Taco Bell Arena on "Defined a Great Line." Yeah. Oh yeah, it, it, it was like half. <laughs> it was less than half. It was like yeah. a quarter plus seats. It was super weird setup, and it sounded <laughs> terrible. I was so mad. Shout out, uh, shout out Pablo though, because you um, sold me floor tickets to that. I what? You sold me tickets to the like you had like floor tickets and you sold them to me. Why did I do that? I don't know, but you met we met at Del Taco. I have a very vivid memory of this for whatever. Uh, I, I don't remember that at all. I think you were like in our row. Uh, with, maybe like, I had bought floor seats and. And uh, uh, and Caitlin didn't want to be on the floor, so then I bought seats and I sold you my floor tickets. Maybe that's that the only probably, reason I would. Yeah, because then me and Murphy got to go on the floor, and like I remember, like people were trying to like sneak down, um, and like I remember this one dude. I just remember this because I just saw the fucking security guards tackle him. <laughs> like he jumped down from like where the seats are to the floor, and then like started like running to be like in the crowd, and they just fucking got yeah, him. It was great. Took him out. <laughs> yeah. Um. Define the great line just to give that one. That was certified gold in two thousand six, which is when it was released. Oh, sick. So like that. Yeah. That was huge. So. Yeah, and we're gonna talk about that eventually on this show. So. Yeah. Um that one maybe fits the vibe of this podcast more, but this is the the bigger record for the genre? Kind of? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know actually. Yeah, both these records really kind of spawned a lot of bands doing like their style, which is wild. Yeah. Yeah. Like and distinct different styles. It's it's insane. Um So, first track, Young and Aspiring. Dude, the fucking like the hooks they have on this fucking record, like, is so wild. And, like, such a good intro to the record. It is. Yeah, it goes so hard. Um, This band does a really good job of, ver- like, variation of the vocals. Like, Spencer can do, like, three different things, and then Aaron can sing. And the way it's all interspersed together is so good. I agree. Like, yeah. like comparing it to From Autumn to Ashes, like Should there are some songs where the screamer doesn't do anything. And it's like, it, that doesn't happen on this record. Maybe on the one, the last song, but then he comes in 
and like it's like you can tell it was really collaborative it felt really collaborative yeah and i think that's probably like at least from like watching stuff that i have on them i think that like the main songwriters of the band were kind of probably trying to be super collaborative also like they were like fucking kids writing this music Mm -hmm. um and it's just like really like impressive like they were able to write like really like like the songwriting on this is really good and they're like 18 years old or whatever you know and yeah, i was 18 and... I was writing captain planet <laughs> oh and, man and they did this they did this one time like the changing of times was like slowly transitioning away from like death metal and then they did this and then define the great line is is so much different yeah, it's like a more mature version of it, I think. Yes, yes. But, like, this is just, like, like I said earlier, it's a pop record with screaming on it. Yeah. Um, And it's, that's not a dig. Like, it's really, it's just really well written. And, yeah, they're children. But they had also, they not had all not been playing together. They were a band since 97. Yeah, but it's like Aaron Gillespie is the only member that was like from the beginning. Yeah, homeboy from the beginning, except Spencer. So that's my bad on that. And so, yeah, it's like you could tell like the metal guy was gone and like all that shit. But yeah, whatever. I I don't know. Like everything, I think just seems super right with that. And like they had like a little bit of success with um, like with the changing of the times, just because like when the sun sleep actually would get like like airplay for like the music video like on mtv2 yeah. and shit yeah and it yeah. was on the it was on the tooth it was in tooth and nail compilations too yeah that videos like just a quick aside that video for this like when the sun sleeps or whatever that fucking video sucks i didn't watch it i only oh, I, I stuck to this record mostly except when i listened to axe depression for a little bit no but that I song would... fucking rocks too though like i'm not gonna talk shit on that song it's a great song yeah but um there's a key part towards the end of this song. Um, yeah, after like, like the staring at the mirror and they go to like kind of like before like that last breakdown. Yeah. yeah. And this is how you should use keyboards in production in a band. <laughs> um, it adds so much to it. Um, I don't I think the record would be good without it, but I think it just it adds just a nice element. And then you can have a guy pushing buttons and moving his head. But so many people did it so bad later on. Yeah, like um, abandon all ships. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Fuck, yeah. Shit like that I wasn't a fan of. Um, Too much. It it was. Yo, the... um, like the vocal line that Aaron does, like you're a classic disaster with an act for losing your exterior. That fucking line sticks in my head every time I listen to that. It's such just yeah. like, like that one just melody is so sick. Mm-hmm. And then it transitions into like that soft part. Uh, it's so good. Um, this is a this is a podcast about Moshin. It's called Get in the Pit. The breakdown of this song's fucking weak. Oh, uh, at the yeah. end, that part. That yeah. one. It's like what you call baby breakdowns. It wasn't as much of a baby one where it like it is kind of, but it doesn't do like the thing where like it would hit like a three and then they hit like an eight, like where it's like dun 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 dun. You know what I mean? 
it yeah. is kind of a baby breakdown. It wasn't going to be like a big chuggy, like double kicky thing. Yeah, this band wasn't designed for moshing. Whereas on the next record, I think there was it was heavier. It's a lot heavier, right? Yeah, and it's funny. I mean, they stay in the yeah. same tuning until I think disambiguation. It's just That's like wild. The, the tone that they got with like Adam D was just way thicker. Oh, um, okay. Probably um, used like different guitars and shit too. I I think the songwriting is is really well, just really good. Like it's like. I say this about movies, but it's like really well paced. Like just when you're going to get bored, they switch it up. Yeah. And they yeah. like the songs on this are pretty long, but they don't feel that long. And yeah. that's a thing I like. I hate we've talked about it a lot on this podcast. I hate I hate songs that overstay their welcome. This <laughs> record's 35 minutes long, which is five minutes too long for me um i want half hour records and it's great it's so easy to listen to yeah um, we'll skip the fucking blue note then <laughs> yeah for real <laughs> um yeah and and then lyrically like i think it's about a breakup you know isn't the entire record about a breakup <laughs> most of it except the last song proper on the record oh um, yeah but yeah, um, but it's not. Yeah, it's 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 fine. It's 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 better lyrically than a lot of stuff of this era. They're not saying uh, airplane ticket numbers. You really <laughs> hate that for Modern Ashes record. Yeah, but that's I mean, both of us. You bring that you bring that line up most of the time. It's true. But yeah, that, that record's bad. They they uh, definitely went um like with the song titles definitely like right for the era too and I saw this meme the other day when it was like bands in two thousand two song titles were so weird like song would be about a like we'll say a breakup but the title would be like I think the jet skis were a bad investment I saw it too and it's like yep that's so I mean so is true. it was it that obscure beauty yeah we did that like just shit. jokes. Yeah, for sure. Like, we we would write like That's all our time. Of Captain Planet, Captain Planet's theme song three thousand. <laughs> Bro, like, yeah, that was like our shit. Like, it was we we're the we were that fucking meme. Yeah. Except yeah. for Gabe would write some weird lyrics that I don't understand the imagery of still to this day. I am the dragon shit. Yeah. <laughs> um. This and like this record, they like they have the long titles, but they're not goofy, you know? Yeah. They're, dr um, they're dramatic. Yeah. Like the next song, A Boy Brush Red Living in Black and White. This Maybe... song's also a very generic, like not generic, a very dramatic sound, like song. Like with like all the, I don't know, just like the vocal inflections, like the, the don't shake. I hate it. Like, shit like that. Like, I remember, like, fucking that being all over, like, away messages on AIM and fucking, yeah. like, MySpace. Oh, yeah. Like, that one, like, if you're trying to meet your fucking little scene girlfriend, she had that on there, you knew it was go time. Yeah. And, like, what's wild about the song is it's probably the perfect encapsulation of this record, and the label didn't want it to be a single. But if you look on Spotify, it's their number one song. Yep. And it should have been playing it for a long time too. Well, of course they did. Especially when they got um 
when they like shifted, they were like, um, they were probably tired of this record. Oh, and probably tired sure. of Define the Great Line too. Like, that's what people wanted to hear. And um, then they did then they did a tour where they played both records back to back and didn't have a day off. That's crazy. That's yeah. insane. That's like that. over an hour of playing. Like, I don't Probably. know. Probably yeah. vocally, how fucked would you be after like six days straight? Uh, I honestly didn't have to do too much because I mean, as a as a front man, it's yeah, probably yeah. A thing, you know. But imagine you're doing like a becoming ever set, like where you were like the main like screamer, like you did all that. Like, how would like would you be able to fucking do like six days in a row without, without like kind of fucking up your voice? No, I'd be, I'd probably be exhausted after a week. Yeah, without a day off. Yeah, that's that's a lot. I'd be fucking toast. I don't know how they fucking even like singing. Like the way Aaron sings, like he pushes a lot. Like he kind of pushes a lot on it. Ooh, I'd be fucking just tired. I get tired from talking. Like at my how job. How was that tour? Like three weeks? No, they did a full U.S. and then they did it in Europe and Australia and Japan. A full world tour. Yeah, yeah that's sick. <laughs> that's insane. We went to that, right? That's when the fog, the fog machine. Cause the fire alarm at the knitting factory. Yeah, and they, I mean they're also playing for two hours. Yeah. So like they went from March sixteenth to uh, April. I just pulled it up. April twenty third. Oh, okay. They literally played. Let's see all, that all through April. They played every day except March twenty seventh. Jesus Christ! Playing two hours because at this wow. point. They had, they like, I watched like a, a part of a Twitch stream where they like talked about it. They were playing for like, they had all had normal jobs. So they couldn't like, they couldn't, they could only take a certain amount of time off. And like, yeah. the fact that they oh, like, no was wild. Came out? No, oh, no, 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 no. This was when they did that tour where they did rebirth, like their comeback tour when they played this record in full. Yeah. Which- Fine as well. Regular nine to five. That's crazy to me. Yeah, because they broke up. Oh yeah, yeah. They broke up and then got back together. But like, because I was out on this band, I completely forgot they broke up. I was like, yeah, they never left. Yeah, I, I, I want to forget that they broke up. So I, <laughs> I just erased that memory from my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the hook on this song is really fucking good. I, yeah, could see, I mean, I could see why, like, they would like maybe want to push this to radio, but it's also like, isn't it a fairly long song? Yeah, um, it's, yeah, it's like four and a half, four and a half minutes. Um, yeah, like I love it. Starts slow, and then you get into it. The back and forth vocals are are just good. Yeah, um, Spencer gets real sassy on this one too. No, I like his sass. Yeah, I don't mind it. I don't mind My it. My sass is very selective, but I like his. <laughs> Dude, I put it in a fucking band that just ripped off mailing. It's all sass. Probably you were there. You kind of played at this for a week. Oh, that's another band you were kind of in yeah, for like I a week. I forgot. Leroy had it coming. God, you're just in everything. You're you're in OB for a day when you recorded the drums. 
funny story. I remember this because we had talked about it. You're like, dude, just let me be the drummer. Vicar's gone. And I'm like, fuck. And just thinking about it now, it's like, well, you fucking kept playing and Vicar stopped for like 10 years. Yeah, he did. What, didn't he live hella far and that's why it wasn't working out at the time? Uh, he just was like working um, in Cascade. So he was working like... Oh, that's what it was, yeah. Yeah, for, uh, he'd be gone for like mo- like a month at a time. So, yeah. Fuck. Missed out on that one. Just imagine all the cool stuff we would have done in OB. We'd be on tour now. We did. It's called the Yoshida EP. (laughs) Check it out at your local FYE. (laughs) Pick it up at Sam Goody. Actually, go to Ezai's house and help him get rid of the last physical copies. Please, help me destroy him. (laughs) He keeps keeps moving with them. They're just like, they're at the bottom of a tote that I've had for years. Is there merch in there too? Uh, We never, no... I think the OB merch ended up getting like we started doing some weird shit, like cutting up shirts and making masks with them and stuff. Yeah, we did. OB shirts. Um, we uh, Brady's mom did just find all the old OCS merch in a like their storage shed. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. we have like ten shirts left. Oh yeah, <laughs> well let's uh, we'll raffle some off on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're back. So come get come get some vintage merch. I'm about to fucking blow up. Um, yeah, this song. This one also does have that baby breakdown, though. Yeah, this one's definitely baby breakdown. Dude, <laughs> yeah. it's 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 good though, and like I I love like how much they go back to the chorus, like on like the kind of back half of this song. Yeah, yeah. you just like want that hook, like, you get stuck in your head. Yeah, it's good yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, well written. Uh, this song's about fucking, I think. Or someone yeah, dying. It's, it's a sexy song tell. for sure. Yeah. I remember live, he would say at the part where he's like, You're such a sucker for that. And live, he would say, Whore. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I like, he, he, and he still does it on the, that one, on, the, on that live thing they recorded. He did it. <laughs> oh, he, went, he was going off on that live thing. I watched part of it too. I really like that live record. Yeah, except they sound very different now. Um, they're much older. And also, you never sound like... It's hard to sound like you do on the record. You spend a lot of work to make it sound polished. Yeah. yeah. I perform they were always a really good live band, though. Like Aaron was always, uh, always a really good singer, and Spencer sounded awesome. Yeah, and like a thing that I haven't mentioned yet on this record, we're only in the second song, the drumming is so good. Oh, he yeah. is such a good drummer, but I guess he was like actually like classically trained too, which means nothing because you weren't right, Pablo. No, I was all just self-taught. Pablo's like the best drummer I know. Well, thank you. That's that's you know a lot of drummers, so that's true. I mean, Sam hasn't drummed in years, <laughs> but Sam was a sick fucking drummer. Yeah. A boy, my boy Charlie, Charlie Rich from Rejection Pact. Also, he fucking rocks too. Um, but yeah, I'll always like. I never loved Chelsea Grin, but I loved watching you drum so much, no matter what it was. Thank you. Um, I definitely enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, dude, you fucking crushed it in that. Also, like when you guys got um, fuck, I can't um, Steven in the band. I liked your shit then because it just was super fucking heavy. I'm like, okay. I yeah, guess he's a fucking phenomenal writer. 
Yeah. yeah. He could write some groovy ass parts in like that record that you guys not like the newest one, the one you guys put out like like the I think probably like the last one like you were you were on. Yeah, yeah. twenty I was on twenty eighteen. Um, yeah. Shit was super super. That shit was heavy as fuck. And like I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I fucking love that record. Yeah, that's what made me that's what made me get you guys. Okay. Yeah, see I just I never really tried to get it. <laughs> that's I'm the not, elitist in me. I'm not I'm not into like a lot of like metal anyway, yeah. like shreddy yeah. stuff, but like I'll fuck with stuff that's like super heavy and has like kind of a groovy feel. Um mm-hmm. then if you add the metal into that, then I'm like, okay, cool. Like this is I understand. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of groove on that record for sure. Yeah, and so to me, like I'm like, oh, okay, here it is. This, this is it's like, I think like one of the only few like like kind of metal bands like that I like was like Ball Top Solution, because they also just were super groovy. So that's yeah. where Jeez, that's where I sure. I never um fucking was into super shreddy stuff. Like I'm not gonna sit there and listen to the fucking faceless or something, you know? Yo, I had a faceless phase. It's weird. I really I liked their like their. We went and saw them. I was there. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, and they had like, the I like I like their space record. Yeah, <laughs> had a super good. Record. That like just to me, like I, I'm not the biggest metalhead with that stuff. It's well, impressive. Maybe it's because I'm not good at guitar. And I'm like fuck them. Like they're so much better. <laughs> and so yeah, I'm just like fuck it. Give me somebody that can play breakdowns because I can do that too. It's fun. Yeah, and I hung out with Brian and Brandon who were like metal heads, but like like heavy metal heads and that's weird to say not like metallica but like like yeah. straight like what we're talking about basically but more yeah. shreddy yeah. and uh that was I'm pretty, sure brandon, was I'm pretty sure brandon showed me like beneath the massacre and like all those fucking yeah uh, do you know hey pablo do you know who showed me at the gates me yeah <laughs> another band that I why well, that's another record that I pummeled to the ground, <laughs> dude. You and every fucking metalcore guitarist in like the early two thousand, so it's cool. Like everybody just used those riffs, so it's fine. You can, you can pummel that to the ground. Oh, for sure. And I listened to I listened to uh, uh, there's this band they're called Twitching Tongues. Uh, the, I listen to their singer talk a lot and he's he also writes a lot of music he's ripped off all of his favorite bands that's just what you, it's acceptable that's just what I you do like, yeah. I wrote like three fucking misery signals worship fucking things it's fine I go to Ryan to do it too but like, but he would just take, sound like you he would just take riffs and put them in other songs uh, <laughs> I haven't done that but <laughs> Okay. Oh, yeah, Eastside is basically yeah. a walking misery signals ripoff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true, dude. Imagine how weird it is because, like, I fucking like we were watching the Packers game the other day, and I just like looked down at my arms. I have fucking five years lyrics tattooed on me, I'm and like, it's your only real tattoo. Yeah, <laughs> there's it's, that. It rocks. Um, the impact of reason. Oh, this song fucking rocks. I love uh, the, the singing on this song. Like, it's so good. I really like the verses in this song. Um, like the guitar yeah. melody. Too, the verses like, go super hard. I love the the intro riff a lot, um, and like mm-hmm. the drum groove is really sick. And they just know even the like screamy parts are really catchy. Yeah. There's like there's a lot of melody in his screaming. 
And maybe yeah. that's just because of the variation and it changes it up, changes it up and you it's oh it's just good. It's like it's one of those records where it's like it's just good. It's hard to talk about because I'm not mad at it. So I think one of the cool <laughs> things like about um kind of this style of music and like I think what separates a lot of bands is like having that kind of like having a little bit more of like tonality like on your screams instead of just like where Dallas that was their previous like screamer just had like the one just fucking super harsh like shit like metal one yeah yeah it's it's tone yeah whereas like there's actual like there's some notes behind it because that's something like i try to do like when like screaming as well as like i got i want to have some notes behind it so it isn't just super monotone Mm -hmm. um and he does a good job also as pablo said that that intro riff that duty like that little thing it's like kind of dissonant kind of like it's still pretty though super sick Mm -hmm. Also, I'm pretty sure it's like the only time because you were talking about their drumming. I love the drumming on this record. And like I like that it wasn't like they didn't like try to overuse like double kick. I think like the no. only time he has like double kick is on this song. And it's like like just like, yeah. brrr, like real quick and in here. It sounds sick. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he even just plays with a single pedal nowadays. Yeah. I think I, oh man, that means those like the moving for the sake of motion fucking drum feels not gonna be the same. Maybe they don't even play it. I don't know. Yeah, you're probably right. They have a big yeah. catalog now because they have I'm like curious two to what their what their show's gonna be like. Um, yeah, like what the set list is now. That I'm really yeah. excited for that tour. Dude, yeah. I fucking love Loathe, by the way. So yeah, Loathe is amazing. I, I need to get tickets, but we'll go. Maybe we'll maybe we'll make some content there. We'll get on TikTok. Oh yeah, I'm a, we're gonna be content creators, guys. Nice. You're gonna show up to the venue with your cell phone on a gimbal. Yeah. 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 With like with a ring light and a road mic attachment. Fuck yeah, dude! Yeah. You know <laughs> we're gonna be the fucking this generation's Brian Stars. Uh, that guy was a trip. I remember that guy, and I'm upset that I remember that guy. Uh, wow. I got it. We got interviewed by him once, and the interview is hilarious because we we didn't give him one we didn't give him one real answer. We just fucked with him the whole time. Yeah. I'll have to find it and send you the link because it, it's actually really funny because like you can tell by the end of it he was like, getting frustrated and <laughs> he's like uh, yeah he was just he couldn't get out of the room fast enough he was so bummed out that we didn't and that was the only interview we ever had with him <laughs> that's funny <laughs> I wish you were interviewed by Nardwar me too <laughs> I um... wish Anthony Reno was real <laughs> Uh, also, I was gonna say the the bridge on this song, the like the no lights, no lights, no signs, like yep. like, like that yep. call and response shit is so good. It is, and they yeah. do it so good. Um, also, yeah, I like the change in drums on the second part of it, like when they go to it again, um, after the first one, like the way like the drum pattern changes is just super cool. I, yeah. I like the little changes like that. This and song doesn't even really have a chorus, right? No, it's like it's a super like linear song. Like it doesn't come yeah. back. I think the only thing that comes back is the first riff. Yeah, yeah, because like when they go like back to like I think it's time to turn around like that shit. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And it's and that crazy. there's not like uh I think the verse is the heaviest part of the song. Yeah. And yeah, crazy. it's another it's another breakup song. Um. Yeah. Um, reinventing your exit. A single, Yo, the big one. 
Yeah, this is the big one. I remember watching this video on Fuse all the time. You want to know? Okay, I texted this, Isai. You want to know where I watched this video? There was this. So I my parents had, like, the big cable package, and there was... So TBN is, like, the biggest Christian channel. There was a different Christian channel that for an hour a day would play, like, alternative Christian stuff, and there was a music video countdown show, and I would watch it, like, every week. And number one and two were always, like, interspersed, and it was Reinventing Your Exit and Walls by Emery. <laughs> um, Showbread was on there a lot. Showbread, um, damn, what a throwback! Yeah, uh, <laughs> a big band for me. Um, but like, I loved, I loved it because it was always all. It was like heavy music. It was like fucking Headbangers Ball, but for Christian music. Fuck yeah! Yo, the uh, um, the demo versions of these are when they had it live with Dallas. It's so fucking weird. Well, the one this? you keep sending me is yeah. fucking weird. Oh, because that's what the, <laughs> the dude from Winter Solstice. He did like a tour with him, and there's a video online of them playing this song with the dude from Winter Solstice, and he just like sounds and like moves like Derek Younger. <laughs> and it shout out, me. shout out yeah. Derek Younger again. Oh, this song, what a great chorus again, <laughs> and great. Birth. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's like it's really well written, but like they put the label one as the single because it sounded the most like the last record, and it does. It sounds like when the sun sleeps. It was written with their old singer. Um, yeah, and yeah, I I should have sought those out because I forgot that they he wrote this song with them and like recorded a demo of it. Yeah, um, yeah, they. I think this is like one where they were wanting to have a radio edit. But then yeah. like, they were like, the band was like, no, it has to have the screaming, which, yeah, which like I get like for the, like the 18 year old in me would have done the exact same thing. Yeah. A dude in my thirties now had been like, oh, I'm like, fuck yeah, get rid of it. Let's go. Let's get on K rock well, baby. And that's the, I mean, that's the, I mean, the label owner who was like the owner of solid state was actually a pretty cool dude. Um, but like, I think this might have been one of the first things that would have pushed them over the edge, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, because MXPX got massive. So, like, in the pop-punk world, they were, like, they were, I would say they were at the top of the B tier. That's what I would say, but that could be wrong. Yeah. Um, they were very important to me. Um, but um, I think they were trying to... They were trying to like get more attention and like they were fading away from like the we're a Christian label. They're fading away from that. And I mean, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if they did get this on the radio or if um, the A Boy Brush Red was the first single. Yeah. I mean, for me, I probably would have still done this as a single anyway. It's just like the. Uh... It's just it's the way it's structured just is like begging for radio airplay anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think also a great song. And I think the programming really adds to it. Yeah, I love that little the little like pre chorus uh beeps and boops. little beep yeah. thing. Yeah, that thing is sick. Yeah. And like yeah, it's just 
is a good, well-structured, like, this is probably the most accessible song on the record, you know? Yeah. Like, it starts with the singing, not the screaming. Um, And it's, yeah, it, it eases you into the yelling. Like, I don't know. It's, it's cool. It's another, it's another song about a breakup. Um, also has another baby breakdown. Yeah, it does. Nah, this is for sure. I like, I like it though. Like, it makes sense. Like, within like this super poppy quote unquote screamo world, like, it's it's good. It's just a really well written song again. Um, yeah. Um, the Blue Note is an instrumental track that they spent like a half hour making. So, there you go. I have a lot to say about this song. Okay. You really like get into it. Dive in. Fucking swing. (laughs) Says a drummer, he's gonna go off for like an hour just on that. What he was doing here in the pocket with them. It's super (laughs) weird because like there really is not a lot going on at all. And then the coolest part is like the sample that leads into the next song. Yeah. (laughs) It's like the little phone call thing. Yeah. Yeah, that is the coolest part of that because like otherwise it it's just really weird like there's no point in it like it just wastes 40 seconds maybe that's it understood weird interludes like that like just write another song or, or cut it i don't know but records at this well, time they, they didn't want length. nine songs you know yeah that's true nine songs is a weird is weird um still a record but it looks yeah. weird i hate it but I'm glad, yeah i'm write another song i'm glad there were 10 not 12 yeah well, that's too long in, in most of their standards. Yeah, except the extra song uh, that was on the record, the, that song. What song was that? Uh, I've got 10 friends in a crowbar that says, You Ain't Gonna Do Jack. Oh, I forgot. Yo, I have to listen to that. Yeah. I forgot about that song. That song rips. It's my favorite song like on this whole, like... Oh, the, really? The deluxe version. Yeah. Okay, okay. This, so, it's dangerous business walking out your front door. Um, this oh, might be one of my favorites. Yeah, for yeah, sure. For sure. It's, it's the second. It's the second single, um, or at least the second song they made a video for. Yeah, I would call it the second single. Yeah. Um, song. I love the way it opens. Um, oh, just like literally right in your freaking face. Yeah, yeah. Um, super heavy. Part- like for like yeah. this record's easy the heaviest one um it kind of has a little bit like of a different tone which kind of keeps going with the rest of the record which is cool yeah um, which like because like i feel like the like at least like reinventing your exit and the boy brush and red and even young and aspiring kind of have like it feels like a little least brighter just like in the whole sense of like the music and everything and this kind of a little like I think the music video kind of fits it like with like the snow and it's a little darker and everything. Yeah. yeah. And so like just that vibe of it is super cool. Um also um, I, the chorus on this is fucking stupid how good it is. It's so catchy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When I was when I was younger, I didn't know he said knuckles. I thought he said nipples. I was like, why are his nipples turning white? This is a weird thing to say. <laughs> This isn't very Christian for him to keep fucking going into nipple play here. Yeah, don't talk about nipples. You love the Lord. Damn oh. it, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to unhear that. I'm only going to hear nipples. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined like, the song for me. <laughs> it's like the unholy cover. 
<laughs> oh, not the unholy cover. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. I can't hear that song without just thinking of that. It's great. I want to know where that band is today. <laughs> the band that did the unholy cover. They're fucking yeah. They freaking they Walgreens. Out, they turned out to actually grow on, and they are now known as Foundation. They just turned to a hardcore band. Jesus. <laughs> um. So bad. There's a there's a part where the guitars cut out early in the song, and it's just like programming and like drums. And I think that part's really cool. Yeah, that part's sick. Um, the choir part is so good. Yep. When I heard that, I was I was losing my mind. And then they bring and then the breakdown comes in and the choir yeah. continues. I was like, what is going on? Like one of the least baby breakdowns on the record. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you could actually mosh to it. I um, probably have. Yeah, I, I probably yeah. marked most of their breakdowns in, in my of course. life. For for some of them for one second because that's how long they are. At the Taco um, Bell Arena. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is a song about someone dying or a breakup song. You know, either way, I think. <laughs> they probably left it fairly like ambiguous like that, so you can try to like relate to it. Oh, here's a line that didn't stick out to me. Um, pain has never been so brilliant. I made sure you were buckled in. Now you can walk hand in hand with him. Hand in hand with him. Yeah. So it's about someone dying in a car accident. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Wow. And then you go into the go into the Lord. Yep. And that's like one of the few there's a few references to God, but they're all like they're it's extremely subtle. Yeah. Um and then like cuz they went heavy heavy Christian early on and then when I listened to Disambiguation there were a couple songs that were like like super super Christian. Um and now which is, which is I think some of the guys I think they're like at least Spencer probably was maybe not Christian anymore by that time. Weird. That's interesting because he would. I thought he would have been the sole lyricist of that record since Aaron wasn't on it. Yeah, I, um, but I know it was around that time. Also, he just really liked drugs then too. But yeah, sure. band drugs. Yeah, likes the band drugs. <laughs> uh, down, <laughs> down set go. This one I didn't really care for. Really? Oh, yeah. Wait, is it this one or the next one? Oh, no, no, I like this one. I think it's the next one that I didn't care for a lot. No, the downside goes tight. Yeah, I like yeah, the verse super a lot. Poppy. Yeah. Well, like, no, like what I said is it's a pop. It's a pop rock song with, with screaming. Yep. Yeah, like just like the, like even like the drum beat, it's like that. Like, I'm a halfway board. Got it. Got it. Got, like yeah, like yeah. that part on there. Yeah. Um, I really like this song because it's super catchy. Um, the chorus is super like the this time out like that part. Yep, love that. Yeah, line. it's, it's a so good heavy bad. rock chorus. I had a I had an Oster moment with this song where I thought the first line said, "I'm a Backstreet Boy." <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Backstreet Boy. <laughs> Fuck yeah, that'd be sick. That's even better. Um, um, they don't. This band doesn't have a lot of ballads. 
they have ballad parts in songs that don't overstay their welcome. And I think yep. that's cool. Um, again, for Mom to Ashes has like seven ballads on a 11 song record. And you know, you don't need them. They've got a ballad third song in. I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm um, still to mosh. They like, again, the way they structure their songs, it's just like, oh, interesting. Oh, here's more. Okay. And they bring they bring some stuff they bring stuff back they know how to write a verse chorus but they don't always have to yeah um, for sure and uh, what's the song earlier we talked about that didn't have a chorus um, impact of reason impact of reason yeah like yeah. for example that you, they didn't need to do a chorus and still a banger of a song yeah I like the uh, way they go into. I like the pre-chorus and the and dance that go a lot. It just kind of yeah. like a little guitar ring out with some production and like the big Tom Phil thing. It's cool. Yeah, and like this, like that snare hit, like right before as you get into the chorus. It yeah, it just the way it pushes. It yeah, it's uh, yeah, it sets it up super well. Yeah, I've I've like in some songs I I like wrote and I don't think I'm using it in anything. I fucking ripped that off so hard. <laughs> I just like the way that he'd set up like that fucking little pre-chorus thing, little Tom shit, and then bop right into it. I'm like that's always so sick. And then um, you were talking about the like the like the like, bridge, like it's like the acoustic guitar and everything, and like the like the main yeah. part. Yeah, it's super yeah. cool. The ballad part is that when they changed into a three-four time signature. Is that in this song? No, I think that's the next song, isn't it? Next one. Okay, yeah. Um, um, yeah, um, I think it's, it's like, it's another breakup song, but it's about like having to leave to tour and then like ending, ending your, your thing because I want to get out of here. I don't need you. Oh, actually, no, it isn't this song. He said, yeah, they, they go into the three, four part and then the, the whole last part. Oh, like the you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there it is. I was like, what part's the last part? Because I just kept thinking of like the whatever I say goes part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that, um, I love that end part because especially like for songs like this, like the having just like the, like that single kick, just like going, da, 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 like just like all in like the eighth notes. Very drivey. Yeah. I just like that kind of shit. Um, I don't feel. Wait, yeah. yeah, I don't feel I don't very receptive today. Um, I always like this song because it's the heaviest on the record. It doesn't have any singing. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, you're right. Like, and it's not like you need a break from it, but it's like, oh, where is that? Um, I do hate the part where he just yells "yeah" in that really, really high pitched. Oh, in the part. Yeah, like every time. I just hate it. It makes me <laughs> upset. But it's the only thing, like, unlike some records we've listened to where everything makes me upset, it's the only thing that makes me upset. <laughs> um yeah, that sounds yeah. sick. It's just a super driving song, kind of baby mm-hmm. breakdown, like in the like the like that part. But it feels heavier than the rest of the record. For yeah, some it's, reason. it's very angry, but it's not. 
I think there's a difference between like a pissed off, angry breakdown and like a heavy breakdown. And I feel like more, more, yeah. most of the breakdowns in this on this record are like angry, mm-hmm. which makes it heavy. But it's not like instrumentally, they're not heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is a song about drug addiction. Probably. That's how I interpreted it, at least. Like, it's interesting because, like, I mean. People, I don't know if people read lyrics that much at the time, or I don't know, but it's it's a it's a it's a interesting song for a Christian band who, especially like they had to be so careful about their image. Oh, for sure. Um, because if you're a Christian band and you lose your Christian fans, like a lot of times that's your entire fan base. They they went over that, but not yet, not when they wrote this record. So it's just interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also I like oh, the yeah. little um, just the little outro after the the breakdown, like the death oh the breakdown. the minute long interlude. Yeah, I, I don't know. Song. I just it's like a the cooler B. I think it's cooler than the blue note. Yeah. yeah. Same, same well, here. and um, one thing I remember from them live is they add little interludes to everything. Yeah. Like, in between every song. Yeah, because I, I'm just even thinking like in a live setting because you just have this like on a like a, like just like as your samples and like yeah. you can like fucking tune up, change guitars, you know, do what you need to do, get some water, and then you head into the next song because that's just kind of playing, you know. You know, not bad. Also, it's just like the vibe of it's cool. I like yeah. it. Um, is um, this next song the one you guys don't like as much? Uh, no, this is my favorite song on the record. Really. Um, I'm content with. Yeah, I love that song. I I don't feel very receptive. Is probably my least favorite one on the record. Okay. And Uh, uh, back to real quick. Back to uh, it's dangerous business. That's probably I love how they play that live. The because I feel like Aaron goes off super hard, and that's just one thing I wanted to add that I didn't say. I love that song live so much. Yeah. 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 Like that song live is always really good because especially like. It's like um, like the way they would play like the he- quote unquote heavy parts, like they just like really like lean into it like live, and it just comes across really cool. Like not trying to be like heavy for the sake of heavy, just like heavy like in the sake of like the song, and it's like a little bit of a darker song and all that. Like when they hit some of those parts, like the like breakdowns and stuff, it just yeah. I don't know live like that song like hits even more than it does on record, and it's one of my favorite songs on the record. Yeah. Um, so I'm content, content with losing, like, it's got con- the, like constant back and forth, which I think this band does so well. Yeah. Um, that's all I wrote in my notes because it's, it's just good. Does have that fucking super sassy, like the, how does it feel to be on the receiving end of this one? Like that is such yeah. like sassy vocals. I, I like it, but I like it. To me, I think I don't know. Maybe by this time, like this one's probably one of my least favorite songs on the record. Really interesting. Yeah, I remember I would. So I was going to the gym when this record came out, and I remember I would, I would listen to the CD and then skip to this song when I was halfway done because of the chorus. Because you're halfway there. <laughs> yeah, and then I would go back. <laughs> Dude. Dude, I love Yo, the I was 16. All right. That's funny. Um, but yeah, I think this is one of my favorite songs on the record. Yeah, I love this song. Um, 
Some will seek forgiveness, others seek escape. Well, the first time I heard this, I was like, oh, this song's fucking boring. What the hell is going on? And yeah, then, you like, know. It's, it's weird. It has the singer of Copeland on it. And I can't find where Aaron is on this song. I know he is, but um, it's, it's a ballad. And then they put screaming into it anyway. Like, they make it heavy. I think yeah, after when, the when it drops, I love it. It goes, yeah. it goes really hard. Yeah, it, it, to me, like, like when it gets into like the driving part, like it's super cool. Yeah, um, yeah. I like Copeland, so yeah, I, yeah. I didn't mind this, but it does get. It feels like that little the do 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 do. Like that goes on for fucking ever, though. Yeah, it feels like it feels like the obligatory like in your face Christian song that they had to do. Yeah, it's like the dude from like Salt City's like, guys, we gotta have one Christian song, please. Yeah, but no, I think they did that. You're also probably right. Like, um, what if they're like, still saying like frig and like like darn it and stuff at this time? Probably. I mean, they say fuck the fuck now. They made sure to let you know they say the fuck word. That is true. But um, no, I wonder if there was like still like that like super like we're saying frig and darn and heck yeah we're leading worship yeah but this is the song you could play at your church and be like it's gonna get crazy in a little bit but listen to this this is nice and then it's he's screaming jesus i'm ready to come home so it's cool yeah yeah and like that part right before it hits the crescendo like right before it hits it's just like oh this rocks yeah, it, it it absolutely rips. Yeah. Um, were you were you still in your church phase when this was out? Oh hell yeah. I was 25. Oh yeah, so you love this song. I was 25 when I f- officially was like I'm out of this shit. But yeah, in 2006? Oh yeah. Or 2004? 2004. Yeah. Oh yeah, you were yeah. for sure in there. Yeah. Um I got I was I was one foot in. I was dipping my toes in as I got older, but then I then I ran away from that pool. Um, <laughs> it was but, either you're running away or you're gonna become a youth pastor. Yep. Yep. Honestly. Um did you this, did you show this to like I'm assuming you had like church friends? Okay. Were you trying to get them into like heavy music you, by showing you know them who, this? Well, it was me and Derek. Yeah, but I mean outside of you two, were you guys the only like metalheads? Uh, we were the most alternative kids there, I would yeah. say. Because um, our church didn't take a bus to the Haste of the Day show. Um, but yeah, we were the most church. alternative. We had a, um, one of our worship leaders loved Thrice. Fair. Um, and then he would always wear a Thrice shirt. And I was like, oh, are they Christian? He's like, no, but like, <laughs> you can listen to them. Like, they're not bad. And then we had this bass player who actually lived in salt lake my entire like church was like from salt lake so like the whole leadership team but um this guy named uh dago ended up being in the band letter kills not diego dago dago yeah what a name letter yeah i knew a dude in letter kills yeah what a weird fucking band to bring up. I haven't yeah, been with a band in forever, but that's cool. They were big in my church because of Dago. Okay, go Dago. Um, but they were um 
Yeah, so like they were those people came in a little later and they were always cool. I mean, before church we would watch the Tooth and Nail DVD before the youth group and that's how I found right. out about like me without you and fucking a lot of bands that I ended up liking at the time. Um okay. but yeah, but this song we would always do there was this thing called Fine Arts Th Festival, which we would do this thing called a human video where you act out a story to a song. And um, we saw like an one. interpretive dance. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's like it's like you're doing a music video like we did one. Too. Yeah, um, this is a fascinating part of my life that um, I've never <laughs> told fucking, anyone about. That's fucking insane. <laughs> Yeah, well, okay, here's I'm gonna explain it to you the best way I can. There was this one called Masks, and it was about a guy who would always put on different masks because of his friends coming, okay? Um, and I, the story of it was I want to like, get that on your face, so it was set to um the Goo Goo Doll song, Iris. Not a Christian song, but it was set to that song. Um, and then every time someone knocked at the door, the music would change. Um, and one time it was a country song. I was always the country guy. Um, and we did a little hoedown. And then one time it was a POD song and people were, were moshing and the guy would put on a beanie and start moshing with his friends. And then people came in and they were partying and drinking. And I mean, it was just like about dangers of stuff, but someone did one to this song and made a human cross. And it was honestly kind of tight. And we like, we tried to emulate it. We, I think we did it once. We did one to Clocks by Coldplay, and that's the one I was the star of. It was always my favorite. Jesus. Nice. Fucking <laughs> insane. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Um, it, like, if you Google it, I'm sure you'll find some. Like, they're fascinating to, to watch. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, this song is the most Christian song. Uh, it's about like, I think it's about like questioning your faith and then being like, like kind of being in and out and be like, oh, Jesus is always there. Okay. Which makes sense for this band. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we decided, I'm sorry I didn't tell you this, Pablo, but we decided to talk about I've Got 10 Friends in a Crowbar and say you ain't gonna do Jack, which is, it's kind of like, um... The lyric, the the title is kind of like the Hit the Light song, Body Bag, where it's like, you guys aren't fucking tough. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, no one's gonna, no one's gonna be intimidated by you at all. No. Maybe, maybe the keyboard player, just because he's a big boy. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think they're scrappers. <laughs> I bet I could kick all their asses by myself. Yeah. Um, and I'm yeah. going to in Boise. The, they come. No, I'm kidding. I love this band. <laughs> this was a bonus song on the record. Um, I think this song is the most like other bands of this era, but it's still better. I gotta pull it I up because it. I haven't listened to it in so long. Yeah, yeah. Listen to it real quick, and we'll 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 pause for a second. I remember it's loving like, the shit out of this song. Yeah, I'm gonna go I, pee. I remember you loving the shit out of this song because there was a, a part in, from your band of the Fox run that I like, had this breakdown in it. Oh, yeah, I jacked it straight up. Yeah, don't worry. I've, I've done that, too. Not from this song, but I, I've done that in my day. 
The only thing that always bugged me about it is how bad the mix is. It is not a good mix. And also, I don't like the... Compared to the rest of the record, it sucks. Yeah, and uh, the vocal production for Spencer's weird. Yeah, but the drums go crazy, and... Um, I think it's the first time, because... Um, and... They, um... He like didn't really do lows, yeah. In the, in the on the record, and this like the first time that he did it, and then he kind of perfected him by define. Yeah, for sure. No, like I thought that was super cool in this one. Um, get actually like not just like that one scream and kind of like the yell. It's like you get the yeah. and everything. A lot of sass in this first uh yes. verse. Of hope tonight. Yeah, it's all coming back to me. That yeah, this song's so sick. I don't think Oser will like the length. It is. Kind of <laughs> it's a long boy. I'm I'm a minute twenty five in. I still got three thirty left. <laughs> Yo, the um, the part. This was another part that had um, a like a like a good MySpace one, like uh, the fucking like trace your hand of mine that part or whatever. Like that mm-hmm. one is like was such a MySpace one. Yeah, very. But again, I'm I'm not talking shit on that. I'm I'm for it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're um, trying to get some fucking girl with big poofy hair that's all pushed to the side, she had that on there. Like, hey, what's up? I like under oath too. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think it is kind of about like a crush, you know, like and being a little nervous to talk to him. Or it's a breakup song. I don't know. Or it's a fighting song. I don't think it's a fighting song. <laughs> again, again with the 2005 uh, title. Yeah, very long. This one, very this long one title. is, and this one's the most like those. You know. Yeah. Um, it feels like a but, breakup song just because the end, like the, like I'll go ahead and make an incision. Doubt you'll feel anything at all. Like a fake, a fraud, a forked tongue, and I'm nervous. Yeah, yeah. Um, the breakdown on I, here might be the heaviest on the record. That's what I was telling. I don't know if you, if I no, said I was, this while you're in the bathroom still, but um, I was saying I really like that breakdown because it was the first time that he did low that I heard Spencer do like a lower yeah. scream because it's mostly it's all highs and mids in the on the record. Yeah, and, it's kind of weird that this isn't on the record. One of my favorite I would I would have loved to hear like a real mixed like version of this. Yeah, Where- they should have just put this in there instead of the blue note. Yeah, there we go. And then like I don't know, it would it like like you were saying, Pablo, I don't know if you got this either. Like what bums like the only thing that bums me out on this is just the production, like the mix is bad. I don't like the vocal oh, it production. Sounds so bad. And then like oh, yeah. the most polished fucking record was like those 10 songs. Like on like the bonus, like if you're looking at the bonus one, the 10 songs right before, so polished, perfect, everything like sounds great, great levels. Then you get this, you're like, what the fuck happened? Like, did they forget to pay? It's like, <laughs> fuck, here, here's this fucking premix here. Yeah, so many things that it could have been. They could, yeah. you know, the from what I understand, you know, you do a deluxe to try to get, you know, you get people to rebuy the same record they already bought and all those scans go toward the totals of that record yeah so 
So, you know, they could have been like, all right, let's put out a deluxe to get more sales. And they're like, uh, okay, I got this song in the bank. And they could have, like, self-produced it or something. I don't know. It, just, it sounds terrible, though. Yeah. And that's the thing like we actually... iPad recording. <laughs> well, that was, I mean, it was before iPads. Um, that's the thing we didn't talk about on this record, is it, it the production's really good. Yeah, it sounds like amazing. other other than that one song, and like that's the thing Isai gets really mad about is the production. Yeah. Um, you don't get mad about how good it sounds, or you get mad when stuff sounds bad. I I get mad like when stuff sounds bad because I'm even even in my days where I'm like fuck like all these super slick sounding things. It's like I'd still get mad if things were sounding really bad. Like I like yeah. a little bit of rawness in some things, especially on certain types of music. But on something like this, I want this polished as fuck. Like that's what like you need to do, and they did it really well. It's like yeah. um, the Eighteen Visions record, Obsession. Like that one is such a polished rock record, and I love that production because that's what they were going for. And to me, it makes sense. Like do the things that make sense. But I also hate bad production, and I also hate like super punk production where it just sounds like they put sound recorder from windows xp and just kept splicing together 60 seconds with just like a computer mic <laughs> that's like one reason that it took me a long time to like get into uh some hardcore because a lot of the production is not there yeah, for me yeah a lot of it is like no production and like yeah, just a lot sad. of it is bad production like Isai mentioned foundation and like there's there's some people who just can't get into them like their first thing has some really good songs on it but the production just doesn't capture how good the band is yeah and like um they're one of the best live bands out there um for for hardcore and um they didn't they did a six song ep that was the last thing they released and it's like the best sounding thing they ever did I have to check it out. You know who I saw live for the first time uh, uh, like a month ago was Madball. Oh, sick. They were so sick live. And like that has never like translated to me that well on their recordings. But live, they were they sounded so fucking heavy. Why was, did you go see Madball? Because uh, my friend, um, uh, my friend's band was opening for them. And uh, they're called The World. Another hardcore band. Um, do you remember a Lost, Lost for Words? Words? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Maddie, he started this new band called The World. It's really sick. And they were playing in Albuquerque. And I happened to be there recording a band. So I was like, yo, let's oh, hang sick. out. Who else? Who else was on that show? Do you remember? Uh, no, I don't remember. That's OK. There That's was okay. just one other opener, but I don't remember yeah. who they were. It was a three band appar- package. Apparently, Madball now is like the best they've been. Like that's what yeah, people tell you. They sounded so saying. good. It yeah. was crazy. I think I especially with, like what you were saying, probably like production, like with hardcore. Like I, you need to have good, like, even if you're trying to still stay like close, like with the roots and DIY. Like, you know, like trapped in the rice, big kiss, good night sounds so fucking good. And like, because Victor it was, Glory did it. Yeah, Chad Gilbert did it. It's like just spend a little bit for production, and it yeah. it'll be so much better because like even comparatively to like to their one before it's like night and day just like how much better it is and just everything cuts through like you get you can experience everything as having instead of having stuff just like buried in the mix where then like live you're like oh this is way more sick than like when it is on record but like their demos better so 
get the get that rubric out. Oh yeah, hey, it's up. It's up. Um, sorry, hey, we get talked about I have got some friends. Sounds like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Um, yeah, let's, so we rate it on a scale of one to five, um, in a couple, in a few categories. So let's start mosh worthy. Would you mosh to it? I've actually moshed to it. So I don't think I would. It, it doesn't, the heavy parts don't, don't, don't get me like angry or like hype like that. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going one. Cause there's a couple heavy, heavy parts, but not enough. Yeah, I'm gonna go, go two just because I have mosh to it. I think if you have mosh to it, that's a five. <laughs> no, no having way too many as five. I, I was a little no, mosh because green back he, in the he day. Say, he said he used to love from autumn to ashes, and after we listened to that record, he hates it. Now I really do. Dude, we can't. You keep bringing up uh, haste the day, and that's absolutely one band that does not hold up for me. I tried to listen to them like not that long ago, and I was like, oh my god, I like this. <laughs> Dude, it is like just the most like they were solid at what they did. Like I saw them a billion times. But like going back, like the records, like especially the first two, sound like complete asshole. Um, and it's just like the same like like eight, seven, ten, five, three metalcore riffs, you know? You know the ones mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I used to have fun at their shows, which is probably why I like them more than I should have. Yeah, we're talking about production. Those first two sound like just fucking trash. <laughs> The Yoshida EP sounded just as bad. Like they were on par with the Yoshida EP. Yeah. And we, and <laughs> and we, did, that, we did that in GarageBand. <laughs> they paid money. Dude, we, we, yeah. paid, we paid in pizza from Brady's parents and we bought you a MacBook charger. Yeah. <laughs> and you let me play drums on it. Yeah. And you also play drums. You're welcome. I better fucking see that in your fucking credits and everything. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. You're welcome. I mean, you could have fucking. I don't know. That was that was really funny, actually. Looking back on it, we, we couldn't not have you play drums because Victor was gone, and we were leaving for like our first shitty tour, like the next week. Like <laughs> you just had to do it. Like we could, almost like forced you. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. It, it uh, catapulted my production career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you went from the the like. Sound of the Fury demos, the Leroy demo, but the big one, the one that really fucking bumped you up was that Yoshida EP. People still yeah, talk yeah. about it to this day. <laughs> Remember the hidden track? <laughs> we actually um, gave was it the one, was that it up. where Brady was yelling about JoJo? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff on there. <laughs> it was like 10 minutes long, and we only put it on one of the CDs, and some girl got it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Pablo, what would you give this for Moshworthy? Uh, I'm going to give it a solid one. Okay. Uh, repeatability. How how often, how listenable is it? Like, could you repeat listens? Oh, yeah. Five. I, I, uh, yeah. yeah. It's still in rotation for me, like, to be honest. Like, for sure. Um, I did not give fatigue of this record at all. Like, and I do that even with the records that I've liked on here, I've gotten fatigued with it. But this one, like, wow, it was, it's just good. I was just listening to it for fun. Like, I didn't have to have like a listen to it like I did with other records we've done so far. Yeah. This one's just still in the, in the rotation. Yeah. This one's actually one of, it's like what, um, 
saved and downloaded and playable offline on my i uh apple music and my spotify yeah i hope uh, they enjoy my fucking 10 cents <laughs> yeah uh does it does it hold up um yeah. lyrically musically um a lot of like the, the lyrics aren't overtly christian um except live there's like no real misogyny in it um which is big for this this genre yeah um i think lyrically it's definitely stuck in that mid 2000s era yes um but i think overall like the whole record i mean that like i said i it's i listen to it still and yeah it's downloaded on all my shit so i think it holds up there's nothing cringy no yeah, no, that's what. Yeah, I, I think it holds up. I'd give it a five, to be honest. It's yeah, good. I'd give it a five too. I mean, they're still playing these songs and touring, and they're still relevant. And probably, you know, like I don't know if they're. I actually I don't know because I haven't seen them live in a long time. I don't know if they're like bigger now than they were in 2010. But I mean, they're still a really big band and still think, very successful. I think they've kind of transitioned a little bit more to just doing like. Select They're doing like, bigger tours because they've done yeah. like shit like Breaking Benjamin and like kind of like those. Types they did of, like, an Alice in Chains tour. Yeah, and like yeah, they're they're um they do a lot of those rock fests now too, which like good for them. But I hope they're making a lot of money doing that because shit fucking can suck. So that's cool. And like at least here, I mean, I'm not clamoring to buy tickets the show's at the rev the revolution and not the big the knitting factory so i know the revolution's a little bigger yeah but it could just be it could just be the tour they're on like it could just be like live nation or whatever well knitting factory is like a like thousand caps so i mean they're playing at least bigger than thousand cap rooms so yeah they're playing the same venue hatebreed played so that's how you know you're good yeah um aesthetic um does the aesthetic of this match um yo from like their uh, fucking merch to like their promo pictures uh, wearing like the uh like the um like shit you'd get at like a thrift store with the hair they fucking the the album cover like i think you know what you're gonna get Yeah, yeah absolutely um yeah i'm going five for this um yeah i'll go five on that as well did you did you have any merch? Let's do a merch spotlight. I had the pink shirt. I, I, yeah, I, it was like the yellow font with the pink cross or whatever or X's yeah. or something. Yeah, I yeah, had that it was as like well. A pink pink X. It was a black shirt. Um, and then and I had like, define, from Define the Great Line. That's right. Yeah, and that's when they made like weird merch. That's what I was. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you would look at the merch wall, and Armor for Sleep and Underos merch just looked exactly the same. Hell yeah, they know it's good. Um influence. They how big of an how big of an influence does this band have? Yeah, can I give that a 10? <laughs> For real, they're like Do we break the Meltzer scale? They walk so we could run. I Yo, mean I mean like I like I definitely Especially like on like when we transitioned out of, of being obscure beauty, 
definitely ripped off like the find the great line styles on some things like that that fucking it always would play it's like six nine as like a discord yeah um that was my shit i just fucking used that so much because it it's like where it sits and everything was great um but like this style like from this record they influence people like so many fucking bands just wanted to sound like this and yeah it wasn't even just influencing us like they influence an entire like generation of bands and fans yeah for better or worse um yeah. <laughs> but like yeah like the, I, the great line does too which is wild. like they had two just widely wildly influential records that like yeah change shit for a lot of like people within that scene like within like the scene that we grew up in and i can still are kind of even in today you know what i mean yeah and even bands that like don't necessarily sound like them i don't think they would exist would attack attack exist without under oath are we not yeah like and then like, that's just the bi- the biggest example i could think of but any band in that of that ilk i don't think they'd exist a lot of them are taking shit from like like if you think even like the song like stick stickly like it's like they're ripping off shit like not blatantly but like it probably was influenced from define the great line like the like those kind of riffs and stuff yeah yeah for sure because those kids i guarantee were not listening to shit like like botch or norma jean or coalesce or zayo or anything like that which is a lot of where under oath is coming from but then those kids were like oh under oaths are zayo or are norma jean or whatever you know what i mean yeah 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 like it was just, yeah, it's the influence is everywhere. Um, are we going to break it? Yeah. Yes. Ten. Ten. Well, not 10. We'll do six. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So we've got, this is how it all stacks up. We've got Moshworthy, um, an average of 1.3. Uh, repeatability average of five. Hold up. An average of five. The fuck? Go away. Oh no. Um aesthetic, an average of five. And influence, an average of six, giving it a total of twenty-two point three three. Um there might be one higher. There might be one. Oh yeah, the app I mean the total is twenty-five. So um yeah, is it is it the highest? Yeah, it's the highest. It beats Poison the Well, doesn't it? It beats Poison the Well, it beats Bury Your Dead. Those probably <laughs> had higher moshability though. Oh, of course they did. But Bury this your dead like was that was the big thing. It just moshes. Yeah, the number two is Tear from the Red, which is twenty point five. I think I gave Converge a lot and you didn't give as much as I did. Because to me, the later, like Jane Doe is like where it's. Yeah, at. no, that's the one. It got a 19.75 though. Uh, but yeah, so the, the, this record 22.33, the current, the current winner in our, in our spreadsheet. Um, Until we talk about of malice and the. <laughs> yeah, which has all, which is, just has the mosh. Oh, um, my, yeah, that's a. Uh, might that's... be the first perfect score. It's all hinging on the lyrics. I hold up. I hope so. <laughs> Tune back in when the boys jam of malice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's the that's the episode. Um. That's the show. We talked about under oath. 
Um, we didn't mention it, but this is our 10th episode. Uh, one of the biggest uh, records we decided to, to do. Um, next week, we're switching the format up a little, and we're doing an episode about uh, B, C, and D tier metalcore bands. Don't you dare give these guys, these bands that we talked about, a B tier rating. Okay, C, C and D tier metalcore bands that might have been big with your friends, or you might have never heard of them. Bands like the Sawtooth Grin. Calico System. <laughs> Uh, into the most fuck i forgot about Whoa, it oh that was big for our for our friend group <laughs> yeah damn um, okay put them on the list yeah um this isn't coming out we don't know when this is coming out honestly we haven't started releasing episodes pablo but do you got anything to plug um honestly no I, i'm not yeah. really doing anything right now Go record uh, music with them because it will fucking sound so good. There you go. Yeah, come record with me if you, uh, or I'll come to you. You just let me know. Elevate Studios, baby. Shit yeah, sounds so good. Out. He's uh, he was rocking some stuff that just sounds huge. Thank you all for for listening. Uh, thanks to Pablo for being so kind to get up early on a Sunday morning to to record with us. Um, Happy to be here, baby. Uh, check out check out our socials. Um, get in the pit pod on Instagram. Uh, get in the pit pod on Twitter. Uh, maybe a TikTok. We'll see. We'll see about that. Um, and yeah. Oh, thank thanks to, Chris to Mullet from Youth Energy. Yeah, thanks for to the... Chris Mullet from Youth Energy for our artwork. Uh, thanks to Isai for our song. Um, probably Gabe for doing some production on it. <laughs> At least we haven't recorded their vocals. Yeah, we haven't done that yet either. This is this is a we've recorded twelve episodes without uh releasing anything. It it's sick. I thought this was episode ten. This is a well we recorded, we recorded out of order because we want this to be number ten. Oh, that's awesome. I yeah. love it here. Uh we might cut this out, we might not fuck it. Um uh, it'd have to be you because I'm not doing it. You say close this out. I don't know what to say on this one. Shout out Donna. Shout out Shout Donna. Out Donna. <laughs>